You're listening to ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Despite recent advances in the treatment of psychotic disorders, we are often unable to prevent poor functional outcomes. Researchers are actively exploring ways to identify and treat adolescents at high risk for psychosis. Welcome to our special series on children's mental health. I am Dr. Leslie Lunt, author of You Can Think Like a Psychiatrist, your host, and with me today is Dr. Christoph Carell. Dr. Carell is a research psychiatrist at the Zucker Hillside Hospital at Albert Einstein College of Medicine in New York. He is also the director of the Adverse Events Assessment and Prevention Unit and the medical director of the Zucker Hillside Hospital Recognition and Prevention Program. Welcome to ReachMD. Well, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Dr. Carell, can you tell us what we currently know about early identification of psychotic disorders? The early identification of psychotic disorders has a history of about 10 years now. And this goes back to a study done in Europe by Heinz Hefner, where patients who had schizophrenia were asked, well, what actually happened when your illness started? And what was found out during these studies was that patients started often with some delay in development as children, had some psychosocial interaction problems, and then closer to the onset of the psychotic disorder, often they became depressed. And then something happened that there was an insidious onset in many patients of developing some subclinical psychotic symptoms, not full-blown delusions that they think really the FBI is out to get them or seeing things, whole scenes or hearing voices, the talking to them in a derogatory fashion, but maybe having some perceptual abnormalities like seeing things out of the shadow of their eyes, hearing their name being called, hearing noises, feeling something is off. I can't see the world as it is before. Maybe I have some problems with hearing the noises sound somewhat differently or the colors change things or there are shapes that are happening. So there is something in the filter system of the brain or in the interpretation of the world that is going awry and and patients notice this. Do the parents notice this? In patients in general, often these problems are undetected because the patients have a decrease in the level of functioning. They don't do as well at school. Sometimes they then use drugs in order to counter some of these, these symptoms. And it's not understood by the environment, by people at work or school, by the family, that this could be the beginning of a psychotic disorder. Frankly, unfortunately, even people who we know have been fully psychotic have a lag of a year or more in many cases before they get into treatment. So many patients keep this secret because they feel this is crazy, something is going on, and they don't share it. Now, why would early identification of these adolescents be important? It's important because we do know that anything that has an early onset as a disease has a worse outcome. If you have early onset hypertension or diabetes, it's harder to treat, more refractoriness. The same is true for schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, psychotic disorders. If we intervene early, we can hopefully intervene at a stage where we're decreasing the likelihood of chronic relapsing disorder and where we can also hold the progression of functional impairment. What we're looking at is really the prodromal phase. Prodromos in Greek means the early noise, the early warning sign. And what we've learned is that between the stable pre-morbid condition and the first full psychotic episode, there's something where there's a dynamic change in behavior, perception, interaction with the world and with oneself. During this phase, before there's full psychosis, there's actually almost the largest drop in functional capacity. 
there's then the hope if we intervene early, we can stop that and patients retain some of their functioning and also actually of their IQ. After the first psychotic break, there is a drop in 10 to 15 points in IQ. We also know from one study in Australia, uh, Chris Pantelis is the first author, and Pat McGorry's group in Melbourne has done the research work. When you look at prodromal adolescents and young adults and do a brain scan and compare them to fully psychotic patients, the prodromal individuals have more brain retained. So the psychotic patients have a thinner cortex, a thinner brain layer of, of neurons. When you then follow the patients that were prodromal and developed full psychosis and compare them to the ones that stayed prodromal that had only substance syndromal symptoms, again, the, the ones that went on to have full psychosis had less brain volume available to them. This indicates that not only functioning goes down, but something happens on the neuronal level. So the hope is if we intervene early, we can stop this biological process. Wow. So it makes a huge difference. Potentially. I mean, there are obviously methodological questions. Is it the toxicity of psychosis? Is it something that's pre-programmed in the genes? Could it be an effect of treatment that patients receive after psychosis? But in general, I think the current understanding of psychosis, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder is that it's a mixture of neurodevelopmental abnormality and then neurotoxic events that happen when a certain gene is switched on around uh, late adolescence and adulthood. And intervening there with something potentially neuroprotective or stress-reducing could potentially hold the progression of the illness, or at least delay it, and make the illness less severe in its expression. Now, Christoph, you spend a lot of your research time focusing on the identification and early intervention of these individuals. What's on the horizon? Before we go to the horizon, let me just restate one thing that our listeners may be very interested in. What are some of the warning signs or signals that they should really look for? And if parents listen or so, that would be important. So basically, there are very nonspecific signs like decrease in school functioning or work functioning, decrease in socialization, or evolution, some depressive symptoms, which could be very nonspecific. We don't know, is this a depressive disorder? Is that something else that's an anxiety disorder that's evolving? Right, or even substance abuse, right? I mean, that sounds like a, a common pattern for that as well. Yes, correct. So it could be substance abuse just pure as it is, or it could be done as some self-medicating strategy, or the substance abuse actually brings out the psychosis. There are now three large studies that have shown that when you smoke marijuana and you have a preponderance or predisposition to be psychotic, the likelihood of being psychotic a couple of years later is much, much increased. So there's some interaction there. Now, when do we think that this may be an emerging psychotic disorder is when five symptom clusters that are usually seen in full psychosis emerge in a subsyndromal way. So, for example, unusual thought content. If somebody has a change in their thinking like, maybe people are not as trustworthy or they have an interest in UFOs or something that's new, again, that, that's something to pay attention to. Suspiciousness is something else when they can't trust people as much. They may even change some of their behaviors because of this. Grandiosity, when they have overvalued ideas and self-inflated ideas, which can be hard sometimes when people are just adolescents because this can sometimes occur. They, they feel very strong about themselves, which may be defensive, or they also feel that people around them are talking about them, which may actually be true. So that there needs to be obviously an assessment. But if this happens in the context of decrease in functioning, this is more concerning. 
and then clearly perceptual abnormalities, not seeing things the right way anymore visually or hearing things below the level of full hallucination. And then finally, what we have found in our study to be quite predictive and also in another study that was done in Germany a couple of years back, was conceptual disorganization. When people can't put their thoughts together as much anymore, which is not like ADHD, lack of attention, but they're somewhat disorganized and jumbled in their thinking, which is a new onset. That is also highly predictive. If you've just joined us, you're listening to Children's Health on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is Dr. Christoph Corell. We are discussing early identification of psychotic disorders in adolescents. Now, Dr. Corell, you know, one of the things that I've come across several times in my career are preteens, that, especially boys, that seem to be over-identified with superheroes and, you know, a little bit more than just the typical kid who's interested in video games and movies. And, and that's always extremely difficult for me to figure out, you know, when does this cross the line into psychotic disorder or is this just an immature personality, you know, grabbing at something strong in their life? Yeah, this is an excellent example. And I think what we do as child psychiatrists is the following. Uh, if they tell you, oh, I can fly... I can wrestle down everybody or something like that, which is, which is clearly out of what they could do, you take them on and you say, okay, well, let's fly. Let's jump out of the window together. And the people who, who are just immature, they say, of course I can't do that. But the ones that are psychotic may open the window with you. Yeah? So you go along with them and then you see, can they be self-critical and how much are they still rooted in reality. Obviously, in pre-teens, some of the overvalued ideas or also perceptual abnormalities are sometimes hard to assess, and we, we shouldn't underestimate also that anxiety disorders, obsessive-compulsive disorder, can also mimic some of these symptoms. Many of our listeners are primary care physicians. What advice do you have for them if they suspect that some of their child and adolescent patients may be having these problems? Well, as I said earlier, I think it's important to not look just at isolated symptoms. But if these symptoms occur and there's also a functional decline, the symptoms that I listed before, perceptual abnormality, grandiosity, suspiciousness, unusual thought consent, or conceptual disorganization, if these occur, and it's not just once uh, in a blue moon, then I think those kids should be sent for evaluation with a child psychiatrist. And if there is a specialty clinic like ours around, obviously, that would also be an appropriate place to send them to. Even though you may freak the parents out in the meantime? Again, we avoid the, the predictive value of a statement like, oh, your child may be psychotic or most likely goes on to have schizophrenia. Something is going on, there are symptoms, and we need to evaluate what it is and get to the bottom of it. And parents, I mean, want their kids to do well. And if they are not doing well in school or psychosocially right now, I think they will value an additional evaluation. Now, you'd mentioned earlier that perhaps medication might be neuroprotective? Well, you asked earlier what is on the horizon. So let me tell you first what's been done. So what's been done for prodromal individuals is that antipsychotics have been studied. So if psychosis is helped with antipsychotics, the thought was maybe the pre-stages of psychosis could also be helped. And there are several studies that seem to suggest, A, the prodromal symptomatology improves, and B, most likely, while the medication is given, the conversion to full psychosis is delayed or halted compared to just treatment as usual. There's also a study done in Britain where CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, was given alone. And there also, there was a 
big advantage compared to just being on a wait list and people did not develop psychosis as much. That one has to say, though, that these were patients who were willing to enroll into this study who were not as severely on the trajectory toward a later prodrome. But the question then is, do we need to treat patients with an antipsychotic in the pre-stages of psychosis? If I had a glucose level of 110, I would have hyperglycemia, but I wouldn't be treated in immediately with insulin as if I had full diabetes. So what we have published in a, a couple of months ago is actually a pilot study, naturalistic, where even antidepressants given during the prodrome had a good chance of delaying or halting the onset of full psychosis. Well, I'd like to thank our guest today, Dr. Christoph Corell. We have been discussing the early identification and treatment of psychotic disorders. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt. You've been listening to a special series on children's health on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, please send your emails to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening. 